So I just realised that uh, this reading will be going out on July the 4th, uh, Independence Day uh, for the USA. So I thought it would be appropriate to read a couple of uh, relevant um, uh, documents from American history. I shall start with uh, the first uh, little bit of the famous Declaration of Independence. And then I shall follow up with something you probably haven't heard, uh, but I'll read out Jefferson's uh, first inaugural address from 1801. Uh, I'll give a bit of context when I come to that, uh, but uh, to start off, here is, a uh, well, uh, Jefferson uh, to start off with also uh, in the Declaration of Independence. I shall not try and do the voice whatever that voice may have been. July 4th, 1776. Here follows the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organising its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Uh, and then it goes on to um, uh, provide a list of uh, King George III's supposed uh, crimes and abuses. Uh, but I'll skip uh, over that uh, and go to the end. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by the legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. 
We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them, as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honour. Stirring stuff. Uh, I've long taken an interest in American affairs and American history, and uh, despite all of its uh, very uh, great hypocrisies and injustices, I believe that the... uh, American Revolution and the American Republic uh, are admirable uh, things, uh, or were and are admirable things, uh, despite the rather uh, uh, disappointing ways, let's say, in which America has conducted itself in recent years. Uh, interesting, I will also give a recommendation. Interestingly, I also want to give a recommendation to um, you see all of these. Um, uh, references to nature's God and, and the creator and all of that, uh, I would like to recommend Matthew Stewart's book uh, called Nature's God, The Heretical Origins of the American Republic, uh, which uh, looks at all this and puts it in its proper context and shows quite provocatively, but I think convincingly, that uh, there is nothing religious about it, that it's essentially uh, secular and even quite radically atheistic. Um, so I would, I would recommend that book. Um, now, moving on to Moore Jefferson, his first inaugural address given on March 4th, 1801. A uh, little bit of context. Um, Jefferson, uh, uh, the election um, uh, which Jefferson uh, eventually won was incredibly bitter, uh, involved... Uh, you know, we think that we, uh, U.S. elections uh, of recent years have been uh, very bitter and divisive. Well, uh, this election was something else entirely. I recommend you look it up. It's very interesting. Uh, very, very bitter and divisive. But eventually Jefferson wins, becomes president. And his inaugural address here is interesting in so many ways. Um you know, it's, it's fluency and intelligence, one thing, which uh, we uh, rather miss, I would <laughs> imagine, uh, in American presidents of, of, of your. 
uh, or not, not of yore of, of late. Um, but it also does a very good job of healing those uh, divisions and, and wounds. Uh, it's very different from the way that, say, Donald Trump uh, conducted himself uh, as president and after being president. Um, and yes, there, I mean, there's a whole lot of really interesting things that I could talk about uh, in this inaugural uh, address. Um, but uh, I'll leave it to you to to go and research and think about it if, if you so desire. But it's just a very beautifully written little um, speech. Uh, Jefferson, incidentally, probably wasn't very, um, wasn't actually a great speaker as far as we know. Uh, but uh, so he probably didn't uh, 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 speak this uh, very well. In fact, I think whether it was, I don't know whether it was this one or the second inaugural that um, he was basically inaudible. Um, but either way, it was it was published, I believe, and um, it would uh, be a very good speech to make for a, for a better orator than Jefferson. Um, but happily, uh, you know, it was spread uh, through the written word more than uh, through hearing it. <clears throat> and, and so its power uh, was uh, uh, <clears throat> undiminished. Anyway, let me begin. Friends and fellow citizens, called upon to undertake the duties of the first executive office of our country, I avail myself of the presence of that portion of my fellow citizens which is here assembled to express my grateful thanks for the favour with which they have been pleased to look toward me to declare a sincere consciousness that the task is above my talents and that I approach it with those anxious and awful presentiments which the greatness of the charge and the weakness of my powers so justly inspire. A rising nation, spread over a wide and fruitful land, traversing all the seas with the rich productions of their industry, engaged in commerce with nations who feel power and forget right, advancing rapidly to destinies beyond the reach of mortal eye, when I contemplate these transcendent objects and see the honour, the happiness and the hopes of this beloved country committed to the issue and the auspices of this day, I shrink from the contemplation and humble myself before the magnitude of the undertaking. Utterly, indeed, should I despair did not the presence of many whom I here see remind me that in the other high authorities provided by our constitution I shall find resources of wisdom, of virtue and of zeal on which to rely under all difficulties. To you then, gentlemen, who are charged with the sovereign functions of legislation and to those associated with you, I look with encouragement for that guidance and support which may enable us to steer with safety the vessel in which we are all embarked amidst the conflicting elements of a troubled world. During the contest of opinion through which we have passed, the animation of discussions and of exertions has sometimes worn an aspect which might impose on strangers unused to think freely and to speak and to write what they think. But this being now decided by the voice of the nation, announced according to the rules of the Constitution, all will, of course, arrange themselves under the will of the law and unite in common efforts for the common good. All, too, will bear in mind this sacred principle, that though the will of the majority is in all cases to prevail, that will to be rightful must be reasonable, that the minority possess their equal rights which equal law must protect, and to violate would be oppression. 
Let us then, fellow citizens, unite with one heart and one mind. Let us restore to social intercourse that harmony and affection without which liberty and even life itself are but dreary things. And let us reflect that, having banished from our land that religious intolerance under which mankind so long bled and suffered, we have yet gained little if we countenance a political intolerance as despotic, as wicked, and capable of as bitter and bloody persecutions. During the throes and convulsions of the ancient world, during the agonising spasms of infuriated man, seeking through blood and slaughter his long-lost liberty, it was not wonderful that the agitation of the billows should reach even this distant and peaceful shore, that this should be more felt and feared by some and less by others, and should divide opinions as to measures of safety. But every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle. We have called by different names brethren of the same principle. We are all Republicans. We are all Federalists, those being the two parties. If there be any among us who would wish to dissolve this union or to change its Republican form, let them stand undisturbed as monuments of the safety with which error of opinion may be tolerated where reason is left free to combat it. I know indeed that some honest men fear that a Republican government cannot be strong, that this government is not strong enough. But would the honest patriot, in the full tide of successful experiment, abandon a government which has so far kept us free and firm on the theoretic and visionary fear that this government, the world's best hope, may by possibility want energy to preserve itself? I trust not. I believe this, on the contrary, the strongest government on earth. I believe it the only one where every man, at the call of the law, would fly to the standard of the law and would meet invasions of the public order as his own personal concern. Sometimes it is said that man cannot be trusted with the government of himself. Can he, then, be trusted with the government of others? Or have we found angels in the forms of kings to govern him? Let history answer this question. Let us then, with courage and confidence, pursue our own federal and republican principles, our attachment to union and representative government. Kindly separated by nature and a wide ocean from the exterminating havoc of one quarter of the globe, too high-minded to endure the degradations of the others, possessing a chosen country with room enough for our descendants to the thousandth and thousandth generation, entertaining a due sense of our equal rights to the use of our own faculties, to the acquisitions of our own industry, to honour and confidence from our fellow citizens, resulting not from birth but from our actions and their sense of them, enlightened by a benign religion, professed indeed and practised in various forms, yet all of them inculcating honesty, truth, temperance, gratitude and the love of man, acknowledging and adoring an overruling providence, which by all its dispensations proves that it delights in the happiness of man here and his greater happiness hereafter. With all these blessings, what more is necessary to make us a happy and a prosperous people? Still one thing more, fellow citizens, a wise and frugal government, which shall restrain men from injuring one another, shall leave them otherwise free to regulate their own pursuits of industry and improvement, and shall not take from the mouth of labour the bread it has earned. This is the sum of good government, 
and this is necessary to close the circle of our felicities. About to enter fellow citizens on the exercise of duties which comprehend everything dear and valuable to you, it is proper you should understand what I deem the essential principles of our government and consequently those which ought to shape its administration. I will compress them within the narrowest compass they will bear, stating the general principle, but not all its limitations. Equal and exact justice to all men, of whatever state or persuasion, religious or political, peace, commerce and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none, the support of the state governments in all their rights, as the most competent administrations for our domestic concerns and the surest bulwarks against anti-republican tendencies. The preservation of the general government in its whole constitutional vigour as the sheet anchor of our peace at home and safety abroad. A jealous care of the right of election by the people. A mild and safe corrective of abuses which are lopped by the sword of revolution where where peaceable remedies are unprovided. Absolute acquiescence in the decisions of the majority, the vital principle of republics, from which is no appeal but to force, the vital principle and immediate parent of despotism. A well-disciplined militia, our best reliance in peace and for the first moments of war till, till regulars may relieve them, the supremacy of the civil over the military authority, Economy in the public expense, that labour may be lightly burdened. The honest payment of our debts and sacred preservation of the public faith. Encouragement of agriculture and of commerce as its handmaid. The diffusion of information and arraignment of all abuses at the bar of the public reason. Freedom of religion, freedom of the press and freedom of person under the protection of the habeas corpus and trial by juries impartially selected. These principles form the bright constellation which has gone before us and guided our steps through an age of revolution and reformation. The wisdom of our sages and blood of our heroes have been devoted to their attainment. They should be the creed of our political faith, the text of civic instruction, the touchstone by which to try the services of those we trust. And should we wander from them in moments of error or of alarm, Let us hasten to retrace our steps and to regain the road which alone leads to peace, liberty and safety. I repair then, fellow citizens, to the post you have assigned me. With experience enough in subordinate offices to have seen the difficulties of this the greatest of all, I have learned to expect that it will rarely fall to the lot of imperfect man to retire from this station with the reputation and the favour which bring him into it. Without pretensions to that high confidence you reposed in our first and greatest revolutionary character, whose preeminent services had entitled him to the first place in his country's love and destined for him the fairest page in the volume of faithful history, I ask so much confidence only as may give firmness and effect to the legal administration of your affairs. I shall often go wrong through defect of judgment, When right, I shall often be thought wrong by those whose positions will not command a view of the whole ground. I ask your indulgence for my own errors, which will never be intentional, and your support against the errors of others who may condemn what they would not if seen in all its parts. 
The approbation implied by your suffrage is a great consolation to me for the past, and my future solicitude will be to retain the good opinion of those who have bestowed it in advance, to conciliate that of others by doing them all the good in my power, and to be instrumental to the happiness and freedom of all. Relying then on the patronage of your goodwill, I advance with obedience to the work, ready to retire from it whenever you become sensible how much better choice it is in your power to make. And may that infinite power which rules the destinies of the universe lead our counsels to what is best and give them a favourable issue for your peace and prosperity. Ah, there we go. Uh, some have called this uh, uh, the election and inauguration of Washington a uh, um, seminal moment in American history and, uh, you know, the first peaceful transfer of power between uh, political parties. Um, if only certain uh, figures today could be so magnanimous in, in their uh, views of, of their political enemies and uh, utterly unyielding in their defence of the peaceful transition of power and the correctness of democracy. Uh, not naming names, but you know who I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot there I could talk about at length and probably quite boringly, And um, but I, I hope you agree that uh, it's a very interesting document and a very well-written document, uh, though rather hard to, to read out. Um, uh, with that uh, 19th century, 18th, 19th century structure. Um, but anyway, that's it. Uh, to any Americans listening, happy 4th of July. Um, yes, despite everything, uh, America is still, uh, still truly great. Uh, rarely has there ever been any better principle on which to found a society or a government than the US Constitution and particularly the First Amendment. Still, even now, uh, the envy, not just of me, but of many, many, many people across the world. So, happy Independence Day.